With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Some podcasts do it for the fun. Some do it for the fame. Chad and Cheese, they do it for global effing domination. That's right. Bringing America to its knees was just the beginning. Now, they have their eyes set on conquering Europe. And they've drafted industry veteran Levan von Neuerhauser of Belgium to help them navigate the old country and bring HR's most dangerous podcast across the pond to trash talk like never before. Not safe for work in any language. The Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. I watched every season of Vikings to prepare for this episode's mystery grasp. Skull, motherfuckers. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel. See you in Valhalla, Cheeseman. And this is Chad, Red October, so wash. And I'm leaving. We don't have any submarines in Belgium. When you know them. <laughs> On this episode... Italy says, no work for you without a COVID passport. Sweden says, get your asses back to the office. And an American company gobbles up an Amsterdam-based startup. Ah, Amsterdam. It really is more than just hookers and weed. Vert de Furkin. <laughs> Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. Ah, what's up, my friends? I'm, as the lone American on the podcast, I say good day to everyone. So I'm I'm now Portuguese. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm saying uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, you're <laughs> slipping in. It's it's sort of like have you seen Dancing with Wolves? Yeah. So this the scene where the the Union soldier captures Kevin Costner. And says basically like you know you've 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 gone engine boy or whatever the line is, and then <laughs> and then Kevin Costner gives his name, dances with wolves. That's kind of like where you are at this phase. You've sort of slipped into port. You're gonna start speaking Portuguese on these shows. I'm sure you probably have a Portuguese name, don't you? Like Ronaldo Sowash or something. <laughs> dances with wine in the sand. Yes, dances with wine <laughs> and Michelin restaurants. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's bring in our mystery guest. Who is it? Listeners will know her. Elon Mortensen, CEO at Tingai. You know Tingai is the recruiting robot. Elon, welcome back to the show. It's been a minute. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been yeah. a, a whole pandemic, I assume, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so for our listeners who don't know, uh, you give us a little Twitter bio and we're going to talk about your company in the show, but give us a little bit about you and, uh, living in Sweden. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Tengai, which is an interview intelligence platform. And we're also the creators of the first ever used robot for interviewing without being affected by unconscious bias. And uh, just this year, we launched a new digital version of our product, and we are now experiencing yeah, growth due to that need for automated interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get skills. to the company in a second. Thank Elon. you. We're looking out for you. You, <laughs> you are a CEO uh, in the in the best sense. But uh, yeah, yeah you, you have a couple kids, live in Sweden. I do. I live in the south of Sweden. Enjoying the fall there. Now, are you actually in Malmo or are you you're just close to it? I'm actually close to Malmö, so it's um, basically between Malmö and Copenhagen in Denmark, so it's uh, really close to Copenhagen as well. So down here where I live, we have really nice <laughs> beaches. Oh, it's sexy. <laughs> and nowadays, it's actually, uh, as you said, it's turning into fall, so the air is crisp, the birds mm-hmm. are moving, and we're lighting a load of candles. birds are moving. <laughs> <laughs> They're going south. Get me the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, let's let's go from all all peace and and love. And I, my first shout out, I just I want to talk about France getting pissed off. Oh yeah, they're getting tough on the U.S. Uh, after America <laughs> apparently canceled a sixty six billion dollar subcontract submarine contract uh, for Australia, and they're mad at at Belgium too. Uh, which I guess Levin can talk about that. But the new pact between the U.S., U.K., and Australia dubbed AUKUS, which is great, uh, caused France to recall their ambassadors from the U.S. and Australia. Not since Freedom Fries has tension <laughs> been so thick. Uh, Levin, what's your take on this uh, global action? Yeah, but apparently no one wants to buy anything from the French, and they're a bit angry. You were, uh, Australia was supposed to buy submarines. We were supposed to buy their aeroplanes. And, uh, we didn't, and Australia didn't, and now the French are angry. That's basically the whole thing. But France, they, they cried for European sovereignty, but ne- neither the Aussies or Brits are part of the EU. So, I mean, what fucking sovereignty is he? T- are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, but they were supposed to be partners and they broke their words and, and now they're not partners anymore. And so they uh, recalled their ambassador and, and now they're sulking. They're mad that they're losing their position in the mm. world, the world stage, I think. Uh, mostly the billion dollars they lost. Yeah, and the yes. sixty-six billion dollars that yeah. hurts too. Not, not fun. Not fun. So, not fun. Ted Lasso, baby, for killing it at the Emmys. Uh, so, a year after the final season of Shit's Creek, which uh, had taken up the mantle of Emmy comedy gold, Ted Lasso jumps jumps in and emerges as the heir apparent. We keep telling you people over in Europe if you're not watching it. Apple TV or Apple Plus, whatever the fuck they're calling it now, you gotta check it out. Ted Lasso, stupid American, comes over. He's the he's he's the best guy in the world. runs a runs a football traditional proper football club in London. Football, it's, it's hilarious. It's fucking awesome. That's actually one of my favorite shows. Are you seen it, Elon? Yeah, I have. It's one of my favorites. Does it play in Swedish there, or do it, do you have to watch uh, an American with no, subtitles? No, we watch we we watch American. Okay. <laughs> They're smarter than we are, Joel. <laughs> well, I, I, these are these are questions we want to answer on the show. Uh, are there subtitles? Yeah, there, yeah, there are subtitles, yeah. but I'm not sure that everyone uses them though. Well, sometimes you know, I go to Europe, I see Friends, and it's dubbed over in whatever language. <laughs> um, 
only when you go to to France and maybe Germany as well, but most countries in Europe, uh, they use subtitles, which yep. is better to learn languages, I guess. There you go. That's the information we want to know on this that's, show. That's, what, that's how it is here in Portugal. Man, I hear British music, but I mean, I think what we've done as Americans, at least we did well in the 80s and we're still doing pretty well now, is we have great pop culture and everybody wants to watch the movies, listen to the music, that kind of stuff. And that's how a lot of these kids are actually learning English. Exactly. I learned to speak Swedish by listening to ABBA in the 70s, but that's that's a different show. I learned German by watching porn. <laughs> I can't top that. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank God Elon knew what she was getting into when she agreed yeah, to be on God. this show. All right. Lieben has a shout out. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, Ikea. It's not about Elon. It's about Ikea. And apparently they are going to launch a whole esports line, gaming line, and I just bought, I've got twins, just bought two expensive secret lab gaming chairs. Terribly mm. ugly things, but uh, expensive. <laughs> that, that took eight hours to put together. Yeah, after all. Don't even oh. get me started. <laughs> Indeed. But now IKEA is going to launch a gaming line and kids all over the world, 3 billion, they say, are going to buy IKEA gaming stuff. Jeez. Now, why do I mention it? What's the link with recruitment? Because I've been saying for a while that... Esports is going to be the next recruitment plaza. And at the House of HR Recruitment Congress, the 25th of November, did I already mention it? We're going to do a big topic about esports because it's booming and it's indeed a great place to hire people. Who's, who's speaking on the topic? Yeah, his name is Stephen Lernan and he's uh, the co-founder and the CEO of Meta. And Meta is a big gaming agency in Belgium and the Netherlands. Well, big to Belgium standards. <laughs> but um, they're uh, pioneers in esports and let's say the Benelux and probably even in the US they've been, yeah. And COVID willing, Chad and Cheese will be interviewing my man on e-gaming. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that episode. Cause that'll be a wait. fun topic. I mean, how many, how many chairs can you make for gaming? It's just that goofy U U shaped chair, right? What other furniture is there? Oh, they have all kinds of accessories. How do you say it? Accessories? Accessories. No. Okay. Accessories. Yeah. Like, uh, stuff. No one needs to put your mouse on and stuff. No one needs to put your headphones on and <laughs> other stuff. No one needs but it okay. also has uh, RGB lightning. So it looks cool. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, it's like, it's just like the hoopty mobile that Joel had when he was a kid. He had lights under it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it right in front of me. My Pinto was a chick magnet, man. <laughs> Stay off. Stay off the Pinto, baby. That, that shit was uh, baby blue <laughs> and was popular with the ladies. Anyway, you mentioned the Congress, which is on Thanksgiving Day, also yes. known as November 25th, and the rest of the world in COVID willing. As I said, we'll be there. So far, uh, I can still come. And Chad, uh -huh. I assume, is may, may not even leave the country or the continent. We'll be there. As well as another American, Stephen Rothberg and Faith, I think, are going to be there. And yep. Adam Gordon, is he still slated? Yeah, he's coming. Canadian guy, Jim Carroll, is also joining. Okay. But, uh, he didn't care about Thanksgiving because apparently in America, it's one month earlier. It's a different day, yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, maybe Elon can uh, pop in and hang out at the yeah, Congress maybe. and... and Belgium for a couple days. Maybe Ten Guy could come by too. Who knows? Not sure. Ten Guy. <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's get topics. All right, all right, Elon. We're going to talk a little Sweden. Where's the bird and Talk about Ten Guy. Uh, we haven't seen the robot in a while. We miss 
it, I guess. You won an award recently. Give us a, a state of the union there at Tengai. What's going well, on? State of the union. Well, as I, as I just briefly mentioned, we um, uh, earlier this year, we launched a new digital version of the product. And due to that, I think it's also uh, like a result of the pandemic since everything moved on, on online and so on. And so did, so did interviews uh, over the last year. So we're now actually experiencing some growth in that area. And um, also, I think that the need for automated interviews, uh, focusing on soft skills, has become a, a new need for, for at least the companies in Sweden. So, um, yeah, basically, times are good. We won an award in May, which uh, basically was an innovation award uh, on the Swedish market. So we're very proud of that. And things are looking good, I believe. We're opening up Sweden as well, which naturally will bring some more more business um, along the way, I think. And you launched English about a year ago, right? How's that going? Um, yes, yeah, so we're mostly using the Swedish version in Sweden. Okay. Um, so, but the, the English version is mostly used um, for a Swedish company on an international level. So um, basically, we're still we're still working from from Sweden, and uh, now we're actually hoping for getting outside of Sweden due yeah. to new COVID passes and so and on. When you say obviously going digital uh, opens up a whole a whole new opportunity, is this is is digital Tingai a chatbot? Is it more smarter than that? Like, talk about exactly what you say when you mean digital. Yeah, so it's it's uh, more of um it's it's um, more than a chatbot actually. It's more of a like a two way interaction uh, with uh, an avatar or a robot, an automated two way situation where you can sort of have a much much more, I believe, greater experience from your interview. So it's still focusing on like the early stages of the process. And now we actually just, just did um, a few integrations as well towards um, uh, ATSs in Sweden. Uh, so we did with um, uh, an ATS called Team Taylor just recently, which is a, a really nice platform in Sweden focusing on automated situations as well. Um, so we just did that integration. So now we can actually see the results of the first stages of automated processes in in a sort of a longer run, longer run. Now it sounds like you've you've pivoted kind of uh, to to an extent because uh, you're now an interview intelligence platform and because there really was no need for quote unquote physical interviews or much less need, you guys went virtual, right? You went, went to more of a virtual platform. We definitely have the pandemic to thank for that because it, it's been a part of our roadmap since the beginning actually to go on the digital side as well. But one one part was that, okay, people are still used, that, used to do interviews physically, right? So, and I don't know if that's a, a typical Swedish thing or whatever, but before the pandemic, most people are actually sitting face-to-face doing interviews so when the pandemic hit and people were forced to sit at homes doing like virtual interviews everyone was like okay so now now what so this was basically a thing that we could do so they sort of experienced that it was like an yeah a better way of, of conducting interviews so i think that we can see now that people are actually moving towards the virtual interview stage as well uh, even after the pandemic so not only virtual interviews but we talked about uh the meta verse, if not on the last show, the one before that. And and certainly Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, if he had his way, we'd all be, you know, icons in this metaverse and we'd all have meetings as digital uh, representations of ourselves. I'm guessing that you're bullish on the metaverse or virtual reality and how Tingai could fit into that digital world as a recruitment, I don't know, persona. 
Um, what's your what are your thoughts on the metaverse and and Ting Guy's place in that? I don't know if I've have any at all. Um, I'm thinking that we need to create experience for candidates that are fun, unique, and uh, engaging, and that might be a solution for for that as well. I mean, just look at the future. It might be like AI avatars that's uh, being the CEO of the company, or with with the digital version, basically anything can happen, right? It's uh, it's more of um, of creating a situation where candidates can feel safe, secure engage and so on so um, I, I don't I'm not saying that that is the natural way for us but it's more I think it's more um, a situation where uh, we need to be very aware of uh, that we can make sure that we create experiences for the candidates as well all right let's pivot to uh, the state of Sweden now that we've talked to the state of, <laughs> yeah, of Tinga. now most of the world most of the world here heard about Sweden not getting down with uh, lockdowns it was more of a herd mentality strategy. Um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, sort of ref- talk about what Sweden's response was to COVID and maybe the state of Sweden right now and what's going on with the pandemic, because it seems like it didn't work out real well. To say the least, right? Um, I mean, yeah, we we did have like the society open. We didn't go into lockdown as most of the world did during last spring. However, um, what most people basically don't know is that um, we've actually been in sort of semi-lockdown since November last year. And so it's it's been more of like, okay, we need to do this anyways, um, since I think that they understood quite, quite um, like strictly after the summer last year that, okay, this, this strategy isn't working. We need to do something more. And then we went into sort of like a semi-lockdown. So schools have been opened. Um, restaurants have been opened, but restricted. And uh, larger public gatherings are, haven't been allowed. Larger private gatherings haven't been allowed uh, and so on. So uh, that's basically the situation at the moment now as well. But as of September 29, the most of the restriction will actually be eased. So after watching what's happened in the US, this total shit storm that is happening, and Sweden's only like around 61, 62% uh, yeah, actually vaccinated, right? So you guys aren't even close to herd immunity. Oh no. Is, is there any, I mean, is there anything from like TNG and, and from 10 guy from, from like your, your world universe where you guys are having conversations ar- around this and saying, look, this is probably not a good idea from what we're seeing from all those idiots over in the U S. Yeah, yeah. I think that we definitely need to like focus on, on like what model we will have after uh, September 29 when it comes to uh, are we forcing people back to the offices or not? Um, Are we still, since everyone's not, have have gotten their vaccine yet, uh, I think that we definitely need to uh, be restricted when it comes to keeping distance, still washing our hands. That's a good thing, though. Um, (laughs) And all of those things. But I think that in in terms of like looking at the Swedish uh, strategy overall, I think that we can all just come to the conclusion that it was a crappy strategy. Um, But I think that Swedish citizens somewhere had, had sort of hoped that the Swedish model would be successful. But now the opposite has definitely been proven and we've been we've been actually defending the strategy of herd community by believing it was to protect the economy economic growth and to save jobs however it that also turned out to be wrong right so since both economic growth and unemployment rates had suffered from that so 
So on the other hand, like keeping the society open might to some argue that we have contributed to like a more happy citizens overall. I guess that we need to wait and see what, what the future holds in terms of mental health issues though. Swedish are always looking for the bright side every time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everything you ask a Swede, they're like, no, it's the best. No, no, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, it lies with the non-culture. A colleague of mine is living in Sweden now. He's our copywriter. And um, by the way, shout out to Art. And he left to he left or he moved to Sweden because his wife is an organist. And apparently in Sweden, if you play the organ, you get a well-paid job at a Swedish church or no something. Way. Like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they need organ players. So she was a a very good organist and she was invited to Sweden to get a well-paid job, whatever. So at my copywriter moved uh, with her to wherever he's living in Sweden. Uh-huh. But he told me about the whole pandemic that the Swedish people are very disciplined and that they, uh, they uh, keep distance and you don't need to force them and blah, blah, blah. And in Belgium, we were very jealous about the disciplined Swedish people. Uh-huh. But in the end, they <laughs> screwed up anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah Joy, you can play the organ. Why don't you? Why aren't you in Sweden? <laughs> well, I can. I can. I can fuck it up on the organ. Don't don't mess with me. By the way, I have a, I have a little a little story about Sweden. Uh, so when Chad and I went there a couple years ago, uh, Elon was nice enough to pick me up at the airport and drive me to the to the conference. <laughs> so we're driving and we're we're almost all doing the same speed limit. We're all in the right hand lane. Or those the same lane, and then as someone passes us, Elon mentions how rude it is to be passing them <laughs> on the freeway, and I'm like, in America, this bitch is Thunderdome, like it's Mad Max on the freeway. Everyone's passing everyone, so that gives you an idea of the I don't know the order, uh, orderly manner of most Swedes. Which brings me to I want to dig into the seven uh, September 29th deadline where basically uh, the recommendation to work from home, if possible, will be lifted uh, by the government along with the other pandemic restrictions that you mentioned. So the question is, you know, can your boss force you to return to the workplace? Apparently they can. I'm curious in terms of culture, are, are all Swedes going to go back to work? Are other things like government subsidies or money from the government, has that been happening? And will, will that stop on September, September 29th? What's going to happen? Is a bomb going to go off or is everyone just going to go back to work and go back to normal? No, I, I don't. I don't think that in, anyone will just go back to work. We're talking a lot about like hybrid models at the moment, um, and like the larger companies in Sweden being in the forefront of that. I mean, uh, companies such as like Spotify and so on, they ha- have like ordered their uh, employees to stay at home for at least the end of the year uh, as a safety precaution. So I think it's there's a lot of discussion going on what will actually happen on on the 29th, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm guessing that we will we'll be seeing more of these like hybrid models. And when it comes to like the government, if they're putting in more money and so on, that will also pretty much end at the end of uh, of September. Um, so I'm thinking that from the government side, they will sort of try to get things back to normal. But I mean, still, we're only 62%, right, that are vaccinated. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I know that they've been talking a lot of uh, like vaccine passes and so on as well uh, for larger gatherings and so on to make sure that we could uh, like have, have gatherings safely. And do you think there's a link with the new Migration Act? I mean, Sweden was 
or used to be the most migrant welcoming country mm. in Europe, I feel. And now suddenly they are very restrictive. Is it because of COVID? Is there a link? I don't think it's because of COVID, to be honest. Um, this, uh, the new Migration Act in Sweden is was basically a temporary law that established in 2016, just bef just after the, when we had like large immigration from Afghanistan and and so on. So it's been, I think it was like <clears throat> a necessity to find uh, ways to 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 limit that like large immigration in some ways uh, to create some sort of sustainability. But now that that temporary act has now become permanent, so it, it definitely becomes uh, more important in terms of like talent acquisitions and so on as well. Yeah, which is another great segue. So uh, this was a big issue, also called the Aliens Act um, yeah. in Sweden, apparently. So uh, it does apparently push out uh, PhDs. Uh, so a critic, a critical ar uh, argument has come out that said uh, this thing has created impossible conditions for PhD students to pursue a career in Sweden. Uh, critics say the new requirements that came into force on July 20th of this year severely affect foreign doctoral candidates and researchers in Sweden. It wastes several years of tax-funded investment and in research by expelling thousands of foreign PhD students and researchers from the country. Ouch. Um, so it sounds like just everyone, including PhDs, are going to be pushed out of Sweden, which I'm guessing you think is not great for the economy. Uh, definitely not. And I think it's 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 problematic from a talent acquisition perspective as well. I mean, it's uh, it affects uh, temporary work permits that might risk not be extended to permanent work permits and residencies. So it might affect the long-term supply of talents coming to Sweden. Um, and I think uh, from, from the perspective of that, we also, I mean, just last week, uh, the largest skill shortage in 15 years was announced in Swedish media. And paradoxically enough, unemployment rates is on all-time high after the pandemic. So there is a, now a large debate around skill shortage and skills gap in Sweden affecting certain areas such as logistics, manufacturing, production, IT, sales marketing. And at the same time, Swedish employers are actually stating that the number one threat to their growth is recruiting the right people for the job and that soft skills are more important than ever. So it's uh, kind of a difficult situation, definitely. Yeah, a little more context to this. Um, according to the Swedish Higher Education Authority, 37% uh, of the total 17,000 doctoral candidates registered in 2020 are from foreign countries, of whom six in 10 leave Sweden after graduation. So definitely a, a brain drain situation uh, yeah, that you guys have there. Other reports suggested that 66% of the non-EU slash EEA researchers previously eligible for Swedish permanent residency are considering leaving Sweden. So I hope you guys figure that out. Yeah, I mean, and, and for us, and, and I think that companies like us uh, helping out with screening for, yeah, basically soft skills and so on, where, where we need to get a, like, a diverse workforce to, to make sure that we could like, shorten the gap. Um, I think that it's super frustrating for everyone. So we've been driving this like, message for the past 10 years uh, where, we might, that, where we thought that we might be sort of suffer from this major skill gap in the future. And, and that future is now. And yeah. now more than ever, it's important to recruit like the right soft skills for your company as well, and then act massively to to work with upskilling, knowledge, um, and so on to, to suit that needs. But like Swedish employers and organizations like need to step up and take responsibility for their own future. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's take a break from Sweden and let's take a quick break and we'll travel down to Italy for our next segment of the show. 
Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. Italia. Italia. All right. Uh, Italy is making COVID health pass mandatory for all workers. Does that get a round of applause on this show? Yes, it does. The Italian government approved earlier this month some of the strictest anti-COVID measures in the world, making it obligatory for all workers either to show proof of vaccination, a negative test, or recent recovery from infection. The new rules will come into force on October 15th. Any worker who fails to present a valid health certification will be suspended with no pay but cannot be fired. Oh, that's so European. Uh, People who ignore the decree (laughs) and go to work regardless will face a fine of between 600 to 1,500 euros, which for our English slash American listeners, that's $705 to around 2,000. And the sanction for employers will be 400 to 1,000 euros. Is this a blueprint for the rest of the world or is this government control run amok? (laughs) (laughs) It's fairly simple. We need to, if citizens obviously aren't going to get the vaccination, there has to be something to be able to poke prod and and there's only so much that can be done, right? Until mandates or compulsory or whatever word you want to use actually happens. Uh, you have some countries who are taking the jab without those, but not all. I mean, look at the U.S. Look at look. I mean, we just talked about Sweden at 62 percent. I mean, Chad, we we agree as Americans that this this would not fly here. I don't I don't think America would. That's I mean, we're 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 in an utter calamity right now. OK, so we do agree that the cats and dogs would be living together and mass hysteria would take place if the government did this. What says the Belgian and the Swede? We don't like forcing things or no, let's make a difference. We don't like being enforced things, but um, I don't think the first two years it will be a subject in Belgium. Most people in Flanders, where I'm living, the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium, are getting vaccinated, so that's not a problem. Only Brussels is uh, falling behind. A lot of anti-vaxxers are people just not caring enough to get vaccinated. But uh, I don't think it will be forced upon us. Um, People would be very annoyed. It's a mandate (laughs) that we have polio vaccine. It's a mandate, right? All these things that we're mandated that we have to do as Americans, uh, this mandate is just, it's, this is all political. Has nothing to do with health or social or community. It's all political. All right, Elon. Certainly, certainly, the the Swedes will line up for this, right? <laughs> I, I definitely think not, because I think it's uh, it's uh, definitely something that's um, according to like citizens' freedom and so on. That will I, I'm guessing just, but I'm I don't think that would never that will never be. A- quick question, quick question. Does your individual freedom outrank all of the community that you could make sick and prospectively they would die? Does that is that how Swedish? I mean, is that how it works? I think it's um, more difficult than that because we have like these laws of freedom in Sweden. So it's really hard to, it was actually hard for the Swedish government to even come close to a lockdown because it's against Swedish law. 
uh, and it's against the freedom of movement uh, and so on. So mm. I think it's it's a lot of those things. And just to to comment on the uh, like the other vaccine programs that you have in the U.S. for measles and so on, the same in is in Sweden with these programs. It's not mandatory though; it's a recommendation. So it's it's actually still. We, we had a lot of uh, people coming outside of Sweden into Sweden that weren't vac- vaccinated against, like, for example, measles. Um, so we actually had a, like a situation where measles were starting to spread because we have like such an open society. It's, it's not mandatory. It's only recommendation. But as, as Levin told, uh, said earlier here that when, uh, when the government in Sweden says something, people listen. So it's like, okay, this is a recommendation. Could you please just go and get the the, the, the flu shot or could you just go and get the vaccine and people basically do yeah the only reason why italy gets away with it is because so many and this sounds rude it's not meant to be but so many people died in italy two years ago when it yeah. all started and italy was the first european country where um covid spread and there were the big spreaders in uh, europe and the rest of europe didn't appreciate it but um we all remember the the things on telly with people dying in the hallways of hospitals because there weren't any rooms left. And that's something nobody wants to see happening again in Italy. So they take it. But in the other countries, the situation was bad, but not that bad. So, so leaving in England, do you, do you believe that Italy will be the only country in Europe to make such moves? I think it's a really bold move uh, to uh, like put it in the law or something like that. Might be not the only one, but I don't think that all of Europe will follow. Who else do you think would be a candidate to do this? Not sure. Yeah, Germans. I don't know. Germans <laughs> might be. <laughs> So, so, so I'm guessing, you know, like we've talked about France on the show and France, as I understand it, basically said, if you want to go to, go to a cafe and drink coffee and wine and, and have a baguette, like you have to be vaccinated. Is that where more European countries are going to go yeah. where it's not forced yeah. universally, but if you want to do the things that, enj- that make exactly. help you enjoy yeah. your state of being. Yeah. You're going to have to be vaccinated. Yeah, definitely. And we we already have like the vaccine passes, but and, and I think just in like in Denmark they're using it that way. Like if you want to go into this restaurant or into this museum, you need to show your green pass. Yeah, it won't be mandated, but uh, if you don't have a vaccine, life will be miserable. So they're going to enforce it on you without enforcing it. Yeah. Without mandating, yes. Yeah. I mean, just take away beer in, in Belgium and it's cured. It's done. <laughs> Everyone's vaccinated. <laughs> True. So why, how have you guys gotten to such high levels of vaccination? I guess Sweden is an exception, but most of Europe has done a pretty good job. What would you attribute that to? Because of the lockdown. Nobody wants to live through another lockdown. So okay. then we'll get vaccinated. Okay. If it really is necessary, we will get a vaccine, something like that. Chad, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of surprised that the response from the European side is that this wouldn't fly. I thought, I kind of thought more co- countries would get in line with Italy. Are you surprised as an American? Uh, no, I, I think, I think, uh, leaving and, and Elon just, they, they, they just articulated that the best diplomatic way to stay in office, and this is the way Indeed. obviously we see it in the U.S. as well, is not to mandate things. It's to make your life miserable to where you have to do <laughs> it. Right. So, I mean, that's and again, we have to we have to remember these are political moves. These they should be they should be health uh, related medical related moves, but they're not, they're political. So therefore we have to have quote unquote nuance. Indeed. And 
if there hadn't been a lockdown and if the doctors would just have said, look, people, there's a terrible disease coming. And if you get vaccinated, like you got vaccinated uh, against measles and the other stuff, then you live. Probably many people would have taken the vaccine without complaints. But now after the lockdown and after the feeling that government was restricting things we never should have allowed, mm-hmm. people won't be so easy in accepting a new restriction or a new obligation. So I think maybe in a few years it will just be another vaccine which will be uh, given to people whenever vaccines are given. But now it's not the time. Well, maybe if the virus wore swastikas and goose-stepped into Europe, things would be different. But that wasn't the case. Uh, then, uh, Let's get to an acquisition in Europe. Uh, money. Better Up acquires Empraise. In light of a $1.73 billion valuation back in February, industry unicorn Better Up, an employee wellness solution that has thrived in the pandemic, has gone shopping acquiring San Fran-based Motive and Amsterdam-based Empraise, whose main product is helping managers boost their insights on employees. Founded in 2014, Empraise has raised a total of around $12 million. BetterUp, a San Fran-based company founded in 2013, is looking to use its new toys to support an EU expansion. The news comes just months after BetterUp announced its plans to expand into the European market, launching offices in Munich and London. The company noted that with the acquisition of Empraise, it adds the Netherlands to its list of European offices. It also notes that it plans to use Empraise's tech to help customize the BetterUp product to the European market. The employee wellness business is hot and it's coming to Europe in a bigger way. Who's buying and are any of you selling this move into Europe by BetterUp? And is is Empraise a thing, by the way? I've never heard of them. (laughs) Yeah, and Impres is um, not really. I, I've had, just before this, I hadn't he- haven't heard about it. So, um, but I'm definitely into like the better up the 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 platform for for creating like the soft skills. So we can take the angle of American companies buying their way into Europe. Um, any opinion on that, or seeing more of that? Is it look? Is it frowned upon? Is it accepted? We could take that angle to this question. It's definitely accepted. I think I think uh, that we need more of of uh, like the American companies moving into Europe as well. I think that might be a situation, though, with the Data Privacy Act uh, that might be um, um, difficult in the in terms of um, complying to uh, European law. So it might be um, a situation there, depending on where where the Data Privacy Act lands uh, during to. Uh, the, just recently, the uh, new uh, Cloud Act. Empraise isn't really well known, probably in its own circles it is, but uh, not broadly spread. Mm-hmm. And we definitely don't mind American money entering Europe. We love it. <laughs> That's why uh, we encourage Chet to spend all his money in Portugal. And he's obliging, trust me. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the pictures on Facebook. His wife even invited him to a Michelin star restaurant. It's a good mm-hmm. thing. But... Um, The problem is always if we have great technology, if we have something new, then people don't really like it when Americans buy it. So we should keep our own crown jewels to ourselves, something like that. It depends. Yeah, well, I tell you what, BetterUp is kicking ass and taking names. They're at 100 million ARR with 380 clients. Okay, so a a little math here. That's about... $250,000. It's actually higher than that, but a quarter million dollars per client. 
to reach 100 million ARR. It seems like we're, we're all in the wrong industry. It's not like they're the only company doing something like that. So it's definitely the time to sell your company if you have one. So uh, prices are crazy. In terms of regulation, is it easier to buy a European country to get a foothold versus just opening up offices as an American company or someone outside of Europe? Yeah, it depends on how much time you have and how much money you have. If you want to, uh, to go fast, you have to buy. If you have the time to do something like I was always wondering Kelly services which are they are huge in uh, the US I think and mm -hmm. they aren't really growing in in Europe I was always thinking they're going to buy something in Europe but they never did or nothing nothing really substantial I mean they did buy some stuff but uh, so I don't know maybe uh, people just are not interested in some cases <laughs> Sounds like ZipRecruiter trying to break into the to the European market. Yeah. No matter, there's a or, lot of money that's here in the U.S. that they just don't feel like they've tapped into enough yet. Could be. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to say the Americans are coming in terms of this space, and better up is uh, tip of the iceberg. A mm. hundred million in ARR with three hundred and eighty clients. That's fucking ridiculous. That's all, that's amazing. And eventually, ZipRecruiter will be big as well as the Dave Matthews Band in Europe. <laughs> but until then, we actually like the Dave Matthews Band. Dylan, I want to I want to thank Elon uh, for joining us today. Yes. Elon, for uh, our listeners who want to know more about you or Tingai, where should they go? Yeah, go to tingaiunbiased.com or just uh, visit my LinkedIn and reach out there. Excellent, gentlemen and lady. Mm -hmm. Another one is in the books. We, we out. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.